to the Rights and Liberties podcast, where we are discussing the Federalist Papers. Today we will talk about Federalist 48. We organize these podcasts around three big ideas. Here are three big ideas concerning Federalist 48. Big idea one. In Federalist 48, Madison argued that separation of powers entails connecting and blending the branches of government. Big idea two. Madison pointed out in Federalist 48 those that wrote state constitutions were very alert to the problem of executive usurpation of the other branches. Big Idea 3. In pondering the lessons revealed by the state constitutions, Madison has observed that in states it was the legislative branch, rather than the executive branch, that was likely to attempt to exceed its constitutional prerogatives. So talking about Federalist 47, we pointed to the importance of Montesquieu and the sense in which lots of arguments between people who disagreed about the Constitution were grounded in varying understandings of Montesquieu. That is a continuing theme here. Assuming that Montesquieu is right about separation of powers, then how should one understand separation of powers? After briefly reminding the reader that in Federalist 47 he had shown that separation of powers need not be interpreted as meaning a state of being completely separated, Madison continued in Federalist 48 by arguing that separation would require, to be effective, a measure of connection among the departments, quoting Madison here, quote, I shall undertake, in the next place, to show that unless these departments be so far connected and blended as to give to each a constitutional control over the others, the degree of separation which the maxim requires, as essential to a free government, can never, in practice, be duly maintained, end quote. You might be struck by the move this argument makes. In Federalist 47, we found the argument that separation need not imply complete separation. Now, in Federalist 48, we find a point one step further. Separation in practice means a measure of connection and blending. In isolation, that is a curious understanding of separation. On a plain reading, a person might think that separation is the opposite of connection. This merits examination in its own right. One point that emerges immediately in Madison's argument is his apparent assumption that the branches will not simply seek isolation. He pointed to, quote, he pointed to the need to, quote, provide some practical security for each against the invasion of others, end quote. If you assume that the branches of government will remain isolated, each content with its role in the state, then the problem of constitution writing is to make sure that they can stay isolated. But if you assume, and it appears that Madison did so assume, if you assume that the branches will struggle for power, invading the prerogatives of other branches, then the challenge is, I think, to minimize the extent to which these invasions might lead to a complete takeover of the power of one branch by another. Speaking at a high level of abstraction, struggles among the branches of government cause the problem but there aren't other authorities to which to appeal. So the branches of government also have to be the solution to the problem. So, the only way to keep any branch from overcoming one of the others is to explicitly give each branch an element of power over the others, sufficient to frustrate the ambitions of one branch to gain complete power over another. Before launching into a wider discussion of separation of powers, we had pointed out that Madison saw the need for some additional security. Quoting Madison here, 
Quote, what this security ought to be is the great problem to be solved. Will it be sufficient to mark with precision the boundaries of these departments in the constitution of the government and to trust to these parchment barriers against the encroaching spirit of power? End quote. This brief passage conveys a great deal. The question about whether to trust parchment barriers is all but rhetorical, as you no doubt have guessed. And the problem to be solved isn't a scientific one, really. It's not like the problem is that the answer is undiscovered. The problem is a human one. It stands in the way is not ignorance, but the, quote, encroaching spirit of power, end quote. So that is big idea one. Separation of powers required the ability of branches of government to control the ability of other branches to usurp or seize power. In order to understand this problem in the practice of politics better, Madison examined the constitutions of the states. Big idea, too, is Madison's discovery that the states had focused very closely on the potential for executive usurpation. Quoting Madison once again, quote, The founders of our republics have so much merit for the wisdom which they have displayed that no task can be less pleasing than that of pointing out the errors into which they have fallen. Respect for truth, however, obliges us to remark that they seem never for a moment to have turned their eyes from the danger to liberty from the overgrown and all-grasping prerogative of an hereditary magistrate, supported and fortified by an hereditary branch of the legislative authority." End quote. To be sure, Madison saw that they were not wholly wrong to have done so. In other forms of government, the executive branch may well be the obvious danger. Madison saw this as plausible when considering monarchical government, for reasons that are at once pretty theoretically obvious, and especially apparent in a country that had fought a revolution against a monarchy. More intriguingly, Madison saw such a concern about executive power as also quite plausible in democracies. Quoting Madison here, quote, In a government where numerous and extensive prerogatives are placed in the hands of an hereditary monarch, the executive department is very justly regarded as the source of danger and watched with all the jealousy which a zeal for liberty ought to inspire. In a democracy, where a multitude of people exercise in person the legislative functions and are continually exposed by their incapacity for regular deliberation and concerted measures to the ambitious intrigues of their executive magistrates, tyranny may well be apprehended on some favorable emergency to start up in the same quarter, end quote. So that is big idea too. Examination of state governments and state constitutions reveals a particular concern about the executive branch potentially upsetting the separation of departments by usurping the power of other branches. Big Idea 3 points to, as Madison saw it, the branch to think harder about in this regard, the legislature. The writers of the state constitutions did not perceive the possibility of the legislature being the branch to look at, quoting Madison once again, quote, they seem never to have re recollected the danger from legislative usurpations, which, by assembling all power in the same hands, must lead to the same tyranny as is threatened by executive usurpations." End quote. Madison had already pointed to the reasons why, in a monarchy or a democracy, one might worry about the executive branch dominating the government. Quoting Madison, quote, But in a representative republic, where the executive magistracy is carefully limited, both in the extent and the duration of its power, and where the legislative power is exercised by an assembly, which is inspired by a supposed influence over the people, with an intrepid confidence in its own strength, which is sufficiently numerous to feel all the passions which actuate a multitude, 
yet not so numerous as to be incapable of pursuing the objects of its passions, by means which reason prescribes. It is against the enterprising ambition of this department that the people ought to indulge all their jealousy and exhaust all their precautions. End quote. Madison pointed to other reasons that the legislature might be thought to be likely to usurp the powers of other branches. An important one is the simple fact that the legislature had the power of the purse, or, as Madison put it, quote, access to the pockets of the people, end quote. This was only one of the distinctions between the legislative branch and the other branches, quoting Madison once again, quote, on the other side, the executive power being restrained within a narrow, narrower compass and being more simple in its nature, and the judiciary being described by landmarks still less uncertain, Projects of usurpation by either of these departments would immediately betray and defeat themselves, end quote. After offering detailed examples drawn from Virginia and Pennsylvania, Madison offered a general conclusion, quote, The conclusion which I am warranted in drawing from these observations is that a mere demarcation on parchment of the constitutional limits of the several departments is not a sufficient guard against those encroachments which lead to a tyrannical concentration of all the powers of government in the same hands, end quote. We often talk briefly about the relationship between an essay we have reviewed in politics today, and it is worth recalling the sharpness of the claims made in Federalist 48, quoting Madison here, quote, the legislative department is everywhere extending the sphere of its activity and drawing all power into its impetuous vortex, end quote. It seems to me that over time, there have been varying impressions about the relative strength of the branches of government, and there may not be consensus about this, even at one individual point in time. Madison is talking here about legislatures, but I think one can find similar claims about the other branches having been advanced in the past. How much of that is in the eyes of the beholder, and how much of that is a function of changes, transient or permanent, in the way government works, there is certainly plenty to say with respect to these points, but this leads to a complex set of questions beyond our scope in this podcast. But the government is persisting, even if you disagree with Madison's characterization of the legislative branch. One can point to the durability of the government itself as evidence that it was well protected against the danger of one branch usurping another. Thank you for listening to the Rights and Liberties podcast. For more about the Sunwater Institute, please visit us at sunwater.org. Thank you.